Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here, and we've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we're going to have a look at our Harvard Business Review tip, this particular one. Before giving a presentation, consider your audience's assumptions. We're also going to be having our chat with Christina, and we're going to be looking at part two of The Future is Faster Than You Think, We're going to be looking at some advertising. But right now we're going to have a chat with Kimberly Claire Campbell, who is a digital advisor with the Hunter Region Business Hub. We're going to ask her the question, is email marketing dead? Good afternoon, Kimberly. Hi, Julian. Thanks for joining us again. And we'll go back to that question. Is email marketing dead? It's an interesting one. It's a story that does the rounds every few months and we're here. Email marketing is dead. People are bombarded with emails they never open, so why send them? It's a waste of time and money, and there's no return on, on investment. Any savvy business owner will use email, um, social media instead of email. But while brands believe that having social media presence is crucial to their marketing strategy, 96% of people who discuss or buy from a brand don't actually follow that brand's social media accounts. So as a personal question, Julian, do you follow your favourite brand's social media accounts? Well, actually, no, I don't. Yeah, so like 96% of people, businesses that you like can't access you through social media. So what do we do instead? We email. It's still the best direct marketing tool. So why do you say that? Whilst 1% of social media users will see a Facebook or Instagram post, everyone checks their email account multiple times a day, sometimes as many as 20 times a day. 85% of email campaigns, which is um, marketing campaigns, are sent to the right people. And whilst there are other emails in that inbox, your email is waiting in line to be seen. You're not going to lose it in that endless scroll that we get on social media. So the key to email marketing, of course, is to capture those email addresses. If you've ever purchased an item online or in store, you'll have had to have used your email address to receive a receipt, sign up for warranties, get customer support, or those extra freebies that we all like. And an increasing number of services like Netflix, Amazon, Facebook and Instagram require your email address as part of the sign-up process, meaning that you can't actually access the service if you don't hand over your email address. So what do these in-store and online companies know that small small businesses may be missing? Simply that 73% of consumers prefer email marketing to other forms of digital marketing. The stats reveal that email marketing has the highest click-through rate, the highest purchase rate, and the highest return on investment of any digital marketing platform. So click-through rate, a bit of a tongue twister, is when we take an action on a social media post, a Google ad, um, an email. So email click-through rates are almost 7%, while search engines are only 1.91% and social media click-through rates are 2%. Purchase rates for emails are higher than others as well. So for email, 4.25% of people purchase directly from that email. Uh, For search engines, it's 
almost half, and social media is very low at 0.59%. So the really interesting statistic is that for every dollar spent on email, you earn $44. If you spend that same dollar on search engine advertising, your return of investment is $2. And if you do that same dollar on social media, your return of investment is $1.72. So the reality is you've got a higher chance of someone reading your email than seeing your Facebook ad, a higher chance of getting that reader to actually purchase from you after they've read that that email. So with social media click-through rates so low, the, and the average user only clicks on 10 to 12 ads a month, which is very, very low, mm. you're not going to get the same um, return of investment as you do through email. So have you any uh, tips for creating an engaging email? I think the three main tips are to personalise your emails. So compared to other platforms, emails are very easy to personalise. You can say, hello, Julian, instead of just hello or, or just do your spiel. So that's an initial um, personalisation. And by having content that is relevant to your client, you'll improve your click-through rate by 14%. And ending your email with a personalised call to action, so using a product or service you know that that client is interested in, can boost your conversion rate up to 42%, which is pretty good. Mm. It also needs to be relatable. So when you're writing your email, remember who your customer is. Speak in their language, the language that they relate to. If you're in an industry that uses jargon, but you're talking to people who don't use that jargon, refrain from using industry jargon. Speak to the person as if you were in in, in front of them and have a conversation. Understand your client's demographics and use that when you're writing your email. And tip three would be segment your emails or your email list for customization. Generic emails have very low open rates. People aren't interested in just getting the same content that everybody else is getting. We like to know that we're receiving something relevant. And a lot of the email platforms now offer segmentation and tagging. So you can really target your message to the right customer in your database. The tools available enable you to create and deliver that customised content. And by referring to products or services that your customer has purchased previously or that they're interested in, you can increase your email purchasing rates by 10%. So have a look at the different types of segments that you've got in your business or in your database and target your message specifically to those people. So what steps do I need to take next? So as a small business owner who's building relationships with your customer, you're in a great position to gather their email address and then customise your digital marketing to meet their specific needs and interests. Well, thanks for your time again, Kimberly. Uh, we'll have a chat with you again next month. You're welcome, Julian. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. It's time for our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. I'm very well, thank you. And uh, we're going to continue with part two of our future is faster than you think, and we're going to look at some advertising.
Yeah, we are. So for those um, listeners that weren't tuned in last week, we're talking about um, The Future is Faster Than You Think, a book that's been co-written by Peter Diamandis and Steve Kotler. Uh, and it has a look at various businesses and what's going to happen to various industries going into the future. So today we're going to talk about advertising because advertising has been totally um, thrown into so many different directions. Uh, and if we start at Mad Men, you know, um, mm. the, the Emmy Award winning TV show Mad Men that showed what advertising was like when people sat around and came up with campaigns to what it currently is now where something like a Craigslist totally changed what newspaper classified sections um, and banner ads and, and all kinds of things were all about to taking magazines and newspapers online to the end of almost television commercials with organisations like Netflix um, because, you know, they, they have whole shows on now where you don't need to watch television. But the other side of that is, or you don't need to watch the ads, the other side of that is that it's quite amusing every time you see somebody like Amazon or Uber advertise um, on television. So we've, we've kind of still got it going both ways. Mm. Google, Facebook, um, all the advertising, and you know, they've got a huge share of the advertising market how it's all become digitised, where do we spend, how do we cut through? Because as we know, advertising is all about getting noticed, um, but how many different mediums do we need to break through and how do we break through them? Uh, and a lot of that, again, so last week we spoke about artificial intelligence and the collection of data. The same thing goes with advertising. Artificial intelligence is collecting data faster than we know. I mean, you know, that's why we could Google something on eBay or, or Google something, go to eBay, and then the next thing we know, we're reading an article um, from a magazine that we're subscribed to online, and in the middle of that article pops up an ad that happens to be exactly the same thing that we were looking at, you know, through, through our searches online. Mm. Um, then there's the other side of what's happening with advertising as well. IKEA, for example... Um, they're using augmented reality and apps via people's smartphones so that I can actually go into my living room, I can have a digital version of my living room, I can totally fit it out with IKEA furniture in the exact dimensions that it's going to appear in my living room, I can change it over so if I'm after a, you know, a new lampshade, I can keep swapping the lampshade until I find one that fits. Technology will let me try out many different styles and different sizes until the room looks the way I want it. Mm. Payment's going to get triggered um, through my, you know, through my online account. Everything's going to get delivered. If I need help assembling something, which I often do, especially with things from, you know, places like IKEA, because I tend to read maps upside down, an app's going to walk me through what that process is, is going to look like. Um, but the, the whole thing is that I can take my phone or, you know, which is now my camera, point it into a room, find out what I want that room to do, point it at myself, say, hey, Siri, I want a new pair of jeans, you know, and those jeans will appear on my body very much like the retail experience we, we were talking Talk about, about last week. week. Yeah. But it's almost this instant advertising that takes me to, to, brand, to brands that I'm looking at, mm. I like, because the AI collection of data from the searches that I do on computer, for example, streamlines everything, streamlines my advertising even. So we need to be very much open as, as businesses to the potential of what, um, what artificial intelligence can do for our businesses. 
and utilise it. And of course, uh, we need to also be aware that there's software out there now. So whilst advertising on TV has now switched to the streaming, when you know when people stream their TVs, there's still ads appearing on there. Some of the software is capable of of taking that advertising out, and the uh, the ads that appear on YouTube, some of the some of those can be taken out now. So we just need okay. to be be aware of what's going on in the future. Yeah, and how do we cut through? And, uh, you know, mm. a lot of the cut through is, hap- is happening through, I mean, even influencers are losing their influence now. So, yeah. you know, the influencers were very much a part of that advertising um, advertising group. They're not even so much part of that advertising group anymore because influencers are narrowing meeting. But the thing is that we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And we might be plugged into particular streams in, you know, in our online lives, in our digital lives, in our digital twinning lives. Uh, but we don't know what's going on in different fields. So how does that? How do we cut through? How do we get new experiences? How does my new company advertise to you, even though you've had nothing to do with me before and you've never bought my products? How mm. do I cut through into Great. your into your life? Well, thanks for your time again, Christina. We'll have a chat with you again next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. And now it's time for our Harvard Business Review tip. And this particular one is before giving a presentation, consider your audience's assumptions. When you give a presentation, you're trying to change your audience's beliefs about something. So it's crucial to consider what assumptions your audience holds about your topic and how you want them to change. For example, let's say you're delivering a presentation to potential university donors. You want to move them from being sceptical that the school will make good use of the money to feeling excited about the innovative research that they could help support. This shift will encourage them to donate, so keep in mind when you're planning your presentation. Ask yourself, how do I want them to behave differently? How must their attitudes or emotions change before their behaviour can change? Acknowledge the difficulty of what you're asking them to do in order to accept your idea. If you want to make it clear to th- that you understand their point of view, explicitly acknowledge their concerns and outline a concrete idea to address them. Focusing on what your people care about will make them much more open to change. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. Next week, we'll visit the tax world again with chartered accountant Tony Vidray. We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Venus Williams once said, I don't focus on what I'm up against. I focus on my goals and I try to ignore the rest. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.